was in um, Under Siege or whatever. Under Siege? Oh, Christ. Yeah, I know. I make this vow to you here and now. I will <laughs> never stoop yeah. that low on this podcast <laughs> to have nice. Steven Seagal film. No, we are not watching any of those. I He's can't garbage. stand Steven Seagal. Yeah. He is the... Why did either of us watch that film? Welcome to episode 8 of Why Did You Watch with me, Cathy Moore. And me, David Clark. We have a very fancy pants, socially distanced episode this week since it's locked down again. So we're now sitting two metres plus two apart meters from plus, each other yes. with my surprisingly irritating lav mics. They're well named. <laughs> Lapel mics. Well, they're lavalier mics. Oh, see. Yeah. Um, when you say they're like lav... <laughs> Where have they been? Exactly. It's where they should be since they're, oh, what? they're just giant antennas for RF signals. Oh, I see. Yeah, fair enough. So we've spent the last couple of days trying to delete out me, 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 <laughs> noises. <laughs> and you. <laughs> Secret signals, potentially, which fits in quite nicely with tonight's podcast. Oh, good. Yeah. So, you ready? I'm ready. All right. So tonight, we are going to be discussing... Friday the 13th. Ha! Kidding. No, I'm not oh, No, not really. It's Friday the 13th that we're recording this, by the way. Yeah. Um, it's a fantastic film. Cult following. Really good film. Ooh, ooh. Um, uh, I'd be surprised if you've heard of it. Sure. When you said cult following, I was trying to go for that guy. You know, the big sea monster? Cthulhu? Cthulhu. What's, <laughs> what's the book? What's the book? Call of Cthulhu. Oh, it's be Lovecraft. One. Lovecraftian, yes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 not that kind of cult. Although, kind of, a bit. Fish cult. It's not. Yeah, cult. <laughs> oh, it's good for you. Yes. Yeah. No, it's a film called They Live. Okay. Have you heard of this film? I've 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 heard the name of the film, but I know nothing about um, who they are or why they live. Oh, where they live. Oh, where they live. <laughs> Everywhere. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. intense. You don't know anything about this film? It's a horror film, right? Not Thriller? really. Sci-fi, I guess? Sci-fi. Okay. Sci-fi. Action, action sci-fi, I would action call it. Action sci-fi. Yeah. Like um, Slither. Mm, yes. Although I suppose that's a comedy. Well, I thought this film was pretty funny. Ah, nice. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I was supposed to, but I did. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, it is a John Carpenter film. Okay. And you know how much I love John Carpenter. Very much, yes. You I went to see much. him live when he was doing all of his music. Because he, he does all the, the music for his films. Yes. He does all he the lives. He lives for music, yeah. Yes. So can you, do you know some John Carpenter films? Mostly horror ones, right? Mostly um, horror, Like yeah. uh, Freddy Krueger? That wasn't him, that was uh, Wes Craven. Oh, wait, no, I'm th- no, uh, Jason. That wasn't him either. No. Fr- uh, Friday the 13th. Not that Ronald is Street. Jason. Not Ronald Street. No, that's Wes Griffin. <laughs> that's um, Freddy Krueger. Right. Um, um, uh, 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 Leatherface. No, that's Toby Hooper. Um, uh, Snow White. <laughs> 
Yes, I'm running that's out. the one. I'm running yeah. out of films. You're, you're, you're desperately clutching for oh, Michael oh, Myers, oh, aren't no, you? Oh, no, wait. Oh, no, that's Romero, isn't it? Dawn of George the Dead. George A. Romero is George, Dawn of, George of the Dead. <laughs> George of the Dead. Uh, okay, name, name some films. You, do you know the name Michael Myers? Yes. From Halloween? Yes. That's John Carpenter. Uh, okay. We watched a John Carpenter film in this ooh, very room. Oh, um, Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. Yes. Featuring uh, Victor Wong. <laughs> and that guy gets his neck broken. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't turn uh, around. Uh, can you hear, hear my neck breaking? Yeah. Yeah, just walk away. Oh, that was amazing. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> so Prince of Darkness, one of my favourite yes. John Carpenters. Oh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. That's Ooh, another one of his. Wait, is that the one with... Um, uh, the guy, Escape from New York guy, Kurt Russell. Yes. Kurt Russell is in four, I think, John Carpenter really? films. He's in Escape from New York. He's in The is Thing. Is that a Carpenter film? Yeah. Ah, The Thing. The, the thing. thing is a classic. The classic. It's amazing. And yes. one of the actors from The Thing is in this film. Oh. Yeah. yeah. In fact, there were going to be two actors from The Thing in this film. but Until one of them was, in, uh, like, alienated. <laughs> oh, no. Well, funny you should say that. But mm. no... Because he, because John Carpenter wanted to cast Kurt Russell for the lead for this film again, but he just sort of felt like, you know, same film. I've cast him in the last four films. Yeah, maybe I should look elsewhere, which is a shame because I love Kurt Russell. Kurt but, Russell is good. Uh, the film was made in 1988, but mm-hmm. it is based on a short story from 1963 by Ray Nelson called Eight O'clock in the Morning. Sure. Yeah, which is a horror to me. <laughs> I was going to say, none of us have ever seen this. <laughs> eight o'clock in uh, the morning. I didn't know eight, there was an eight o'clock in the morning. Maybe it's spelled differently. Pretend like eight. Like well, eight I was thinking morning. In the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking morning is in like, you know, death and morning. Oh. oh. Yes. Way to bring the mood down. Oh, I'm sorry. You said it's like a sci-fi thriller. Uh, action. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, although it is quite thrilling. Nice. So, so, one of the acting choices makes total sense. It's Keith David from The Thing, uh, who was Kurt Russell's sort of ally in The Thing. Uh-huh. That's fine. Um, one of the, the, the pretty much only women in the whole film, Meg Foster, who you won't recognise her name, but you will recognise her from Deep Space Nine. Do you remember that, that episode where Jake gets a muse? And she like turns up and inspires him to write, and he just keeps writing. And she sucks Isn't she all an alien? of his yeah, yeah. But she sucks all of his creative juices out of him. Yeah, that's her. She's in this film. Oh, really? Yeah, and she looks less weird in Deep Space Nine than she does in this film. Oh, okay. She looks really weird in the face. Like, oh. I don't know if it's her makeup or if it's just the fact that she's got like ice blue, lime-colored eyes. I don't know what it is. She just looks strange. Okay. She doesn't look real. Sure. Eldritch. Then, yeah, absolutely. And the lead role is none other than Rowdy Roddy, the wrestler. The W, well, in our day, David, it was the WWWF. Yes. Until the World Wildlife Fund finally put their foot down. Yeah, they just, like, Can you just change Panda came to the door and just kicked the shit out of everyone. <laughs> like, You've been warned. <laughs> Stole all their bamboo and <laughs> fucked off. Well, well, slid down a slide on the way out. It was hilarious. <laughs> Sneezed and startled everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and then left. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, Roddy, Roddy Roddy. Roddy Piper. R squared. Uh, Are you scientists out there? Yeah, the R squared. Not, But he's not an R zero. He's a, sure. he's a hero. Yeah. Nice. 
So he was a wrestler and uh, what do you call him? John Carpenter said that he just looked like he, his face just looked like he'd had life experience, which I think just means has been punched in the face a lot. Ooh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Is he had a lived in face and he wanted someone who looked a bit, you know, like they'd been through the ringer a few times. God, I'm trying to remember the name of that. There's, there's that, there's that um, Hollywood dude who's essentially just got absolutely destroyed and no one was hiring oh, him. Oh, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke, yeah. Yeah. He's got life experience. He certainly does. Yeah, but whether or not it's the right kind of life experience, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced he's not an arsehole, though. Yes. Did you hear that, too? Um, yeah. Mm. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, so, you know, LA probably makes arseholes out of most people. That's very deep. It's <laughs> the arsehole maker. <laughs> LA. <laughs> Last hole. <laughs> <laughs> La arsehole. Yes. <laughs> so it's it's... It did quite well initially. I think it was like number one in the box office for about 15 minutes and then disappeared. Ouch. Um, Sort of mixed critical review, but again, it just became an absolute cult classic. And Mm. so much stuff is based on this film. And Ah. yet hardly anyone's seen this film. So like, if I say Duke Nukem to you. Yeah, 3D. What what line do you think of? What's his famous like catchphrase? Oh, no. Um, I can't remember. I really can't. The, I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And, and I'm all, all out, out of bubblegum, bubble yes. That's from this film. Is it? Yes. Oh, wow. And this sounds like um, Ash versus the Evil Dead. It does a bit, yeah. There is a there's a sort of similar vibe to that, but that's yes. Sam Raimi. Um, there's a, a famous scene in South Park where they just recreate a six-minute scene from this film between Jimmy and Timmy, which okay. is hilarious. And do you remember, I don't know if it still happens anymore, but do you remember, so it had a big influence on street art. Yes. Um, do you remember you'd be walking around and there'd be like a, a little face and it would say obey under it? Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, I used to see that stuck everywhere all over the street. Uh-huh. That's from an artist called Shepherd Ferry. Uh-huh. And he was so inspired by They Live that he based that iconic okay. image all right, okay. on this film. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not just me picking weird B-movies off of Netflix. <laughs> like, this one's legit. <laughs> well, yeah. When you start watching the film, yep, it has a few credits at the beginning. One of the credits is the screenplay credit, uh-huh. and it says screenplay by Frank Armitage. I would like to point out, Frank Armitage does not exist. So Shock s- face. I know. <laughs> oh, you like that little um, dramatic gopher? Oh, yeah, that's a great one, that, yeah. So many people contributed to the screenplay. Yeah. Because part of it came from the original... 1963 book. Exactly. Eight and o'clock in the morning. I listen. Oh, yeah. They listen. <laughs> they listen. <laughs> so they there were so many contributions to the screenplay of this that he couldn't... Frank... Um, John Carpenter couldn't be bothered writing it all down, so he just came up with a pseudonym to cover Uh, who the screenplay was by. And the reason he chose the name Armitage is because he's a big H.P. Lovecraft fan. Yes. One of H.P. Lovecraft's stories was the the Dulwich Horror, or the Dulwich Horror, or the Dulwich Dulwich. Dulwich Horror, yeah. That's near here. I never know which letters in English Um, town names to not pronounce. It's really complicated. I I think the only reason I know how to pronounce it is I have a sibling who lives there. Ah, is she or he (laughs) the Dulwich Horror? (laughs) No, she's lovely. Do they live in a shed? No. 
interestingly, uh, the Dulwich Horror is about twins. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other one lives in Barnes, so... Where? Barnes. That's so weird, because that's where the twin lives. No, 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 no. Fucking way. In a barn. Oh. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. Spoilers, by the way. Uh, for the for if you haven't read a book from like eighteen nineties, <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that's, that's anyway. The librarian's called Professor Armitage, and that's why the sure. screenplay is mm-hmm. by Frank Armitage okay. because yeah, sure, sure, sure. Isn't that nice though? I just, it is just nice. A, a nice little touch. An homage. Yeah, nice little nod. Normally, at this point, I tell you a sort of a general overview of what the film is about. Uh-huh. But instead of that, this time, I am going to read you the... Re- Do this entirely in mime. <laughs> <laughs> Interpretive dance. <laughs> nice. No, I'm going to read you the ridiculously long tagline for the film. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. You see them on the street. You watch them on TV. You might even vote for one this fall. You think they're people just like you. You're wrong. Dead wrong. <gasps> yeah. You intrigued? Politicians are all dead. Politicians are all dead? They're not dead. No. They live. I think they just mean very wrong. Okay. But very wrong doesn't have the same ring to it. It's like, you're dead wrong. Yes. All right, okay. Yeah. So that's That's the tagline. That's a long tagline, yeah. Okay, so the film opens on, um, it's like a railway bridge, but we're under it. Uh Uh-huh. As in, people walk on the bridge, but the trains go under the bridge. Right, okay, so not the arches. We're in the the arches. Wait, but the train is... We, what? We're, you we're, said the train goes under the bridge. We could potentially be hit by a train because of where we're standing. We're in a tunnel. Yes. Right. But it's not a very wide bridge. Sure. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's okay. a road width bridge. The point is, we're looking at a wall. And okay. <laughs> there's graffiti on the wall. Uh-huh. And it's just, you know, cityscape and stuff. And someone has spray painted, they live across the wall. Uh-huh. And it sort of pans out a bit and a train goes past. And then when the train goes, you see Roddy Roddy. The wrestler, yes. The wrestler. Yes. Woo! With his mullet. Is he on the train? Whoop, whoop. He's not on the train. No. <laughs> no. So he's been dropped off the train? Oh, potentially. He could Moving be a, at speed. A, a hobo. Uh, okay. A train. What do you call those people that just ride, that hop the trains? Oh. And they got roused by the bulls. And all that, like uh, I can't remember hobo lingo. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. He sort he sort of appears, and uh, oh, and of course, John Carpenter did the music. The music and the mm. music is awesome. In this one, it's just a real sort of twelve bar blues vibe, except that it's it's quite slow paced and just that bit sinister. Okay, as is John. Car- it's like dun 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 dun. Doing over and over again. Sure. Okay. It's really good. Only in tune. When fair enough. The... <laughs> yeah. We can use auto tune on this. Yeah. It's really good, and it sort of fits the the pace of the film as well. Okay. Okay. It okay. Just sort of plods mm. through. So Roddy Ra- Ra- Roddy Roddy is walking along, and he's got like camping gear. So okay. he he looks like a. I'm sure there's an ice word for what. Itinerant he... traveller. That's the one. He looks like That's one of them. That's two words. <laughs> It's a term, a nice term for it. Sure. He's one of those, right? Mm. And it's all, you know, it's like cityscape. It's all grey. It's all grim. Like 1960s cityscape. What are we talking here? Uh, 1980s LA. Ah, okay. 1980s. All right. So it's current day. Ish. When it was filmed. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's in 
grayscale. It's just depressing looking. Yes, sure. And it's drizzling the yeah. worst kind of rain. Yes. Ugh. And it's all, it, he's, he's walking through the city and he's looking up at all the big skyscrapers. He's taking it all in. Just sort of ignoring all the miserable people on the street around him. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> he does seem to be quite happy-go-lucky, this guy. He's not too depressed about his... Lot in life. His lot in life, exactly. Um, and he goes to the job centre in wherever he is in LA. I don't know where And then is. someone behind the desk says, you're going to be a star. <laughs> but first you're going to have to clean up shit. <laughs> Why is John Carpenter behind the desk? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so he's explaining to an incredibly unsympathetic lady in the job centre that the job's just dried up in Denver. Cause sure. Because he worked in Denver for 10 years and then 14 banks closed. Oh. So I guess he worked in the bank. I don't know. It's bank robber. <laughs> and then they all closed. Why did they close? Stole well, someone kept money. robbing them. Ah, <laughs> uh, nice. And the lady was just like, look, we got nothing for you. I don't know why she's from New York. That was me being an American. That's fair enough. It was yeah, a swing works. and a miss, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, good. She was Janine from Ghostbusters. <laughs> nice. Ghostbusters. <laughs> we uh, got one. Yes. Yeah. So he... Um, he leaves the, the job centre and sort of... <laughs> That's the next film. Hmm? They live. He leaves. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, walking, he's just sort of scuffing about town and he yeah. overhears a street preacher mm. and the preacher's in the street and he's... Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> he, <laughs> what up, y'all? He, uh-huh. he just sounds mental because he's warning everybody of like... This the is... end is nigh kind of stuff. Yeah, because mm. he's saying... Um, this, you know, we're we're under their heel. They they they're in charge of us. They're our owners, and this is what we get for worshiping greed. Blah blah blah. And he's admonishing everyone and, yeah. and basically implying that there's some sort of shitty conspiracy against the the common man. Wall Street greed is good. Very much so. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, he's saying it's bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying the Wall Street motto. And uh, suddenly, some cops turn up. And start heading towards them. And Roddy thinks, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> yes. You're on your own, preacher. Yeah, iterant travellers and cops don't generally mix. I've seen Rambo. I know what happens. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he's, he's... Some weird dude in a trench coat comes along and just keeps, like, bromancing about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you remember? Yeah, that's yeah. right. You'll never stop Rambo. Rambo's a one-man army. If you think your men are going to stop Rambo, you're mistaken, because Rambo's the best. He's the greatest lover. Lover, I mean, uh, soldier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, he is strong and tender. <laughs> it's like, all right, Trotton, calm down. <laughs> easy now. Yeah, I, that's my favourite part of those films, is just how much he clearly just idolises Rambo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, all right. Turns out it's absolutely nothing to do with the military, just follows him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. His first name is actually Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh no, I'm not with the military. I just met him in the previous town and thought he was boss. <laughs> yeah, he's so actually him. Colonel with a K, oh. like a piece of corn. Oh, or Colonel Panic in a computer. Ah, oh, yeah, true. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So um, now they do some. They have a recurring theme in this that I I love when people do this, mm. um, and it's this whole thing that it kicked off in the eighties really, where TV became, uh, uh, what would you call it, a, a, a portal to another world that you should spend your life aspiring to exist in. Uh-huh. And it's usually referred to as aspirational. Sure. So you watch 
Dallas and you feel Do like... Do you want to own some oil wells? Yeah, you feel like an absolute <laughs> failure for not being an oil baron. And you watch Made in Chelsea and you... You know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't you know. want a Land Rover. Yeah, exactly. You want to drive a, a Chelsea tractor. Over small children. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of that going on in the film where every time somebody's watching a television, it's just dripping with excess and materialism. Yeah, and okay, okay. Like dude bros high-fiving each other while they play American football in the back garden and eagles flying across crystal clear skies across Mount Rushmore and all this sort of stuff. No inner LA then. <laughs> and then, yeah, exactly. And then you look around and you're like, oh, there's a, a homeless guy on fire over there. Oh, well, it's very it's stark. Warm. It's Yeah, <laughs> that's one way of doing it. It's quite a stark contrast. Yes. Yeah, I yeah, understood, yeah. And I like that. I think it's quite a, a clever mechanic that they have in the mm -hmm, film. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Roddy decided to find a place to sleep for the night and he ends up in an alley with some homeless people sure um who were probably actual homeless people because john carpenter cast some of the the homeless people in the area and fed them and paid them and, and all of it nice paid them to be okay in the good film. yeah and roddy roddy was homeless once upon a time in his life so he has seen things exactly yeah mm. so he was quite a good fit for the film it's not like they just cast hulk hogan because <laughs> you know they wanted a wrestler like sure. roddy yes roddy did not struggle too hard to get into the role of desperate homeless person sure 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 so it's quite good so he's mm. like cuddled up in this alleyway like trying to sleep and he can Putting see bits of newspaper down his jacket pretty much yeah mm. and he can see through the window of this apartment and there's some guy watching TV and on the TV there's this woman and she's just gone on about like, oh, I just want to be famous so that everybody will love me and I'll have limos and cars and limos are cars, fur coats Fair and enough. bitches and champagne and it's basically the Britney Spears song. Yes, okay, yeah. yeah. You want a Lamborghini? You want to look hot in a bikini? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Both those things. Yeah. Both those things. Want to party in France? Live yeah, in a big much. mansion. <laughs> mansion. <laughs> yeah. You better work, bitch. Yes. Except that he tried to work and there were no jobs. Yeah, true. Mm. He could have been a backup dancer for Britney, but he turned it down. Well, he didn't want to wear nothing but women's lingerie, presumably, since that's all the... Calling David Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> what? Allegedly. No, I think it was. I think people were just taking the piss about um, his relationship with Victoria. The hate is going to hate. I think they what they call it. I mean, if the biggest difficulty they have in their marriage is he keeps stretching out her knickers <laughs> by, hey. by wearing them, oh, <laughs> then I think they've pretty much got smooth sailing. Considering I don't think her knickers are that big. <laughs> <laughs> so. Roddy Roddy. <clears throat> he goes to a construction site, again looking for work. Um, <laughs> and one of his, like, so why should I hire you? Well, I've got my own tools. That's his pitch. <laughs> that's why that's they should not, hire that's him. That's not terrible. Mm -hmm. Have hammer, will travel. Exactly, yeah. So it works. But this guy's supposed to be a banker. I know. Well, you know, he just. <laughs> he just comes out with an abacus. <laughs> Useful? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. He just starts digging a hole with his shirt off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, obviously you're not interested, but I was. 
Sure. He's quite muscular. He's handsome, is he? All oh, right, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good looking fella, you know, from the neck down. No offence, just not my type in the face. Because he looks like he slept on a box of pine cones. Bob Fox. But that's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is it? Body off... Baywatch, face, face off, crime, off watch. crime watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and mm. while he's digging a hole, he looks across and notices Keith David from The Thing. The guy who... I recognise you. I saw you in this film. <laughs> I saw you in The Thing. I would much rather associate this guy with The Thing than the, the film that I can't stop myself remembering him from because he was such a uh, odious character okay from requiem for a dream oh yeah did you ever watch that yeah so do you remember the drug dealer who if you were an attractive woman he yeah. didn't expect you to pay for drugs with money sure do you remember that guy i do yeah that's a horrible film it is such a, a darren aronofsky it's and that guy so... at the end with the arm oh, oh. but anyways yeah. he's he's nice in this he's a nice guy so I'll just try and remember him from this and the thing. And hopefully the other one will just get blotted out of my memory. Blown away. Oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you call him? Uh, uh-huh. So Roddy Roddy's sitting at the end of the day, like having a wee sit down. Yeah, that's a whole world dug. Yes. He's basking in his own glory. Mm. And Keith David walks past and he's like, hey, hey buddy, um, if you... There's like a, a homeless camp. Like a soup kitchen thing? Yeah, that's sort of... It's, okay. It's, it's outdoors. It's basically a little shanty town. So sure. He's like, I'm heading there now. If you want to come with me, if you don't have a place to sleep tonight... Oh, that's nice. Come and hang out with us. Yeah. And Roddy sort of looks at him like a stray cat. Like... Wary. Yeah, very wary. I mean, you would be, wouldn't you? You would, absolutely. Mm. Especially if it's him. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I know, I've heard what you ask for in return. I don't want Yeah, sure, sure. However, that was filmed after this. Yes. It's definitely 90s. Yes. So mm. he hasn't got into that yet, <laughs> I guess. Um, so Keith David starts walking towards the homeless shelter and uh, uh, Rowdy Roddy just follows along behind him. Again, like a stray cat. Like, beep. Yeah. <laughs> it's a noise, Keith. He's like, I don't like being followed. And the guy's like, well, I'm not just going to follow you to some random place I don't know but about. He is. I'm not an idiot. But he is. Just follow I'm him. Gonna, I'm not going to go with you. No. I'm going to I'm going to make it so that it, Suss it out. I can easily escape. Case the place. Yeah. I'm gonna case, sure. I'm going to case you and I'm going to case the joint. Yes. They end up there. But he sees that it's very outdoor shanty town so he's he's alright. And Keith David introduces Rowdy Roddy to the sort of the, the organiser kind of guy who's uh-huh. Whose name is Gilbert, but he looks exactly like Meatloaf. It's huh. that it's that actor who looks like Meatloaf. <laughs> the yeah. other the other person, not the uh, food item. Exactly, yeah, the musician Meatloaf, yes. not the the dinner. But apparently, he's like the man who can get you things. If you need anything, talk to Gilbert. Like a fixer. Yeah, he's like uh, Red in Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Yes. Um. So they get some food. From the soup kitcheny bit of a uh-huh. good, decent meal, actually. Big feed of stew. And peas! Give peas a chance, yeah. I did, and they're delicious. I do like peas. Yeah. So he and <clears throat> Keith... Keith's name is Frank, by the way. Keith David's character's name sure. is Frank. Okay, let's go with that. So... Just like in um, uh, the puzzle box one. Oh, yeah. He's called Frank. Good pull. Come to Jetty. <laughs> 
<laughs> Bet you're glad you're two metres away from me right now. Easily, yeah. Two metres plus getting further. Yeah. <laughs> Get away from me. Yeah. So um, they're having a chat while they're eating their dinner and Frank, Keith David, yes. is saying that um, he's got a wife and kids back in Detroit. Not Detroit, Detroit. Okay. And he hasn't seen them in six months because he worked in the steel mills and then they all got shut down. Yeah. And, you know, they, they worked and worked for the steel mills. The bosses all got rich and then the steel mills all shut down and the bosses... Didn't dro- pay their last wages. Drove off in their foreign fucking cars. That's what he said. Fair enough. Which must be a particular sting for... Probably a Maserati. Somebody from Detroit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all those Britney Spears listeners. With their hot body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Want to drive a Maserati? Yeah. You better corruptly close down, close down the steel mills, bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ring all the money out. Enron style. Nice. Dun, 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 dun. Um, so Keith's very cynical, i.e. Frank. He's yeah, yeah, cynical, yeah. I'm on it, I'm on very it. Very cynical. And he's mm. all like, everybody's out for themselves. You know, I'm going to wish you the best, but I'm going to do everything I can to stab you in the back so I can get ahead. It, uh, you and I in the, in the general sense. Sure, okay, yeah, uh-huh. He's not threatening him. Yeah, I was going to say, say, hey, do you want to come along and, you know, sleep somewhere safe? And then he's like, I'm going to stab you in the back <laughs> if I have to. Oh, come on, man. Roddy, on the other hand, is a wee bit more cheerful. He's still a wee bit idealistic. And mm. he says, I believe in America. I follow the rules. Sure. <laughs> and not, he's got nothing to add to that. He's not presidential material. A new, <laughs> Apart no, from not. the new one, obviously. Sorry. So, I mean... Based on that, I'm assuming there's no rule in the shanty town about annoying everyone by playing the harmonica all goddamn night. Oh no! <sighs> Maybe someone should have said, you know, there's there's a few rules to the shanty town, and one of them the is... first rule: shanty town, no harmonicas. <laughs> the second rule is, and then he just <laughs> no, snaps his harmonica oh, across I his think knee. It's no harmonicas. Yeah, <laughs> just throws it across the shanty town. Yeet. <laughs> uh. Nice. <laughs> um, they're all sitting around watching a TV. Hmm. And it's this woman. This is a fancy shanty town. Well, it's usually it's a burning barrel. There's a burning barrel in the middle. They've oh. got a wee fire going, and there's enough of a generator to watch a tiny little television. Okay, okay. It's this woman going like, "Are you worried about your press on nails breaking with your busy schedule?" And it's a woman sitting on a typewriter with like inch long fingernails, and she spears a piece of cheese like a fucking kitty hawk, uh-huh. and. <laughs> Swallows on the nails nail. and I dies. Know. Good. <laughs> yes. It was Brie. Talons. Oh. oh. I do like Brie. Ah, uh, messy nails. So they're watching this, like, so relevant to them. Oh, uh, but the thing is, you've watched, you've, like, if you watch American TV, you can't avoid adverts. I it's find horrific. the adverts quite funny. No, it's like five minutes adverts to five minutes content. It is. It's yeah. horrible. You, they, they play the... The theme tune to the TV show, then you get adverts. Then you get five minutes of the TV show. Yeah. Then you get adverts. It's, it's not a surprise there, or or a substantial number of them are like not well adjusted, or attention deficit. Maybe. Yeah. So I I wouldn't be able to follow a program. You can't. It was, it's it's yeah. crazy. Uh-huh. But the adverts were always people in little V-neck pullovers with very soft, very valley, but very bright and very soft focus and. Everybody's smiling like Stepford Wives and going, George and I have really been enjoying our marriage since we weren't, we're taking this thing so we weren't constantly constipated because of all the fucking sugar and carbs yeah, we eat all yeah, the time. Yeah. The and drug advertising on TV is crazy. 
thanks to poop be gone poop, poop be gone yeah and then it's like <laughs> warning poop be gone can cause a whole, a whole lot of horrible side effects including um heart attacks and your hair falling out and growing breasts do, do not recommend you eating this before or after food <laughs> yeah exactly yeah wait 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 wait, wait. what 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 can we have a replay what was the last bit yeah now that I take these antidepressants, I'm super happy. Warning, these drugs may cause suicide. <laughs> like, Shit, unfortunately, whoa, whoa, whoa. antidepressants, they yeah. quite often do. Anyway, so they're watching this advert for press-on uh, nails. Yeah. No one seems particularly impressed with the press-on nails. And suddenly it's all like... <laughs> and some old, like, stereotypical college-professor-looking dude appears. So, like, white beard. On the TV. On the TV. Right. And he starts talking about things like, warning, we're being subliminally controlled. They're keeping us asleep. You know, they're, they're keeping us selfish. They want us docile, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and everybody's going, oh, God damn it, it's this guy again. He's hacked into the signal. Sure. How are they yes. doing this? All this sort of stuff. But Roddy Roddy is not really interested in the television. He's looking over at the church across the street. Uh-huh. And opposite the church is the preacher from before yes and the preacher is mouthing along to what the hacker is saying on the television Uh Uh he obviously knows this speech sure how does he know it he wrote it well potentially or he was just there when the hacker wrote it i don't know Uh. oh he, he says something about um a small group of scientists discovered the sing- the signals were being transmitted quite by accident. They discovered this. We've known for 10 years. Uh, the poor are growing. Um, we're focused only on our own gain, all this sort of stuff. Very conspiratorial uh-huh. 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 gobbledygook. Then notice- Rowdy Roddy notices that um, Meatloaf has gone over to the preacher and he's yes. like trying to shuffle him back into the church. Yes. And... Meatloaf's like looking all over the oh, has anyone seen? And they're like arguing, like, get off me, get off me. He's like, no, 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 get, get, and takes him back into the church. Uh-huh. And now Roddy is super interested. Uh-huh. Right. The next morning he sees Meatloaf coming out of the church and he's like, hey, bit early for choir practice, isn't it? Yeah, sure. You know. <clears throat> but Meatloaf's just like, oh, you know, I was using their kitchen. They let us use the kitchen, you know. Mm. Have to be, have to be up and get the early Unfortunately, the only thing they've got in there is like bread, wafers, and wine, <laughs> which they're not sharing. Yeah, <laughs> you only get one a week. Yeah, yeah, one sip a week. And then the hacker turns up again on the television the next morning, and mm. he's saying that the poor are becoming slaves. We are cattle. The signal must be shut off. And every time the hacker comes through, everybody starts getting a headache. They're all like, oh, what the... Mm. Because the subliminal messages have stopped. Yes, exactly. Ah, good. Mm-hmm. So, the, I, the TV stuff's going on again. The TV, like, comes back on. And it's so over the top that it... I, I just love it. It reminds me of Robocop. Do you remember Robocop used yes. to stop and do these ridiculous adverts? Yeah, or Starship Troopers. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what this is like, where they just have these insanely... Over the top aspiration. Hey kids, want free bullets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, great fun. Um, but Roddy's not interested in watching TV and he can hear singing coming from the church. So nice. he's, he's like, right, I'm going to go, I'm going to go investigate. Um, so he sneaks over to see what's going on, sort of like casually slips in the back room of the church. Uh huh. And he's, it's this room full of like cardboard boxes and what looks like a drug lab. Mm hmm. 
and a load of sunglasses all over the place. Like all over the place. It's a lot of sun. Ah, it's, it's so you can filter out the subliminals. Yes. So um, he, he notices that the choir is just like on massive speakers uh-huh. pointing out. Sure. Oh, what's going on here? They're not actually practicing choir. They're just making it look like they're practicing choir. Sure. It's an operation center of anti-TV. Anti-TV subliminal messaging. Yeah. Squad. Mm. <laughs> okay, it doesn't spell out ass. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh, we'll work on it. Ats. And mm, yeah. okay. spread across the wall in spray paint is, they live, we sleep. Okay, okay. Mm. Mm. Right. So, in the next room, where behind the speakers is a secret society, and they're being drowned out by the music, and you can't uh-huh. hear them arguing with each other about it's not enough. The hacking of the television isn't enough. We need right. to shut the signal down at the source. Blah 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 blah. Mm. And Rowdy's Rowdy Roddy's just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Accidentally knocks into a secret panel on the wall full of cardboard boxes. Ah. And uh, it's like leaning on the candlestick in the castle. Exactly, yeah. Or just lifting the right book off the yes. bookshelf, yeah. So he's like, oh, what's going on here? And then the preacher catches him and uh, is trying to say to him, like, I may be blind, but the Lord has given me sight. All this. And Roddy's just like, okay, well, I'm going to go. Uh, nice speaking to you. Bye bye. Yeah. And leaves. <laughs> so the dude is blind. The dude is indeed blind. Oh, okay. But Roddy's super paranoid about all this and he, he he slips out of the church and he hears a police helicopter flying over the top and he's all... A black like, helicopter? No, it's just an ordinary police no. helicopter. And he looks up at it and then some of the society members come out with the sunglasses on and they look up at the helicopter too. Like, why are you wearing sunglasses, bro? So, I mean, it's California, Southern California. California, yeah. But it is at night time. <laughs> well, that would be particularly stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, one of the homeless guys is sitting around talking about, like, I've heard about plagues of violence and disease being rumoured, you know, in the next town over. It's always the next town over, isn't in it? In 2020. No. Oh, well, yes, obviously. I mean, I did pick this one for a reason, because it is quite fitting for the current the times climate. we live in. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Roddy borrows some binoculars from some kid and um, who's sitting footering with them. And Okay, that's convenient. And he's, he sits on the wall and he like starts watching the church, taking it all in. And mm. Keith comes over and he's like... Frank. What, Frank comes over and he's like, what are you doing? And he's <laughs> like... Not close the wrong way around. <laughs> <laughs> that church is so far away. Yeah, yeah, I know. And he's like, oh, I'm telling you, man, this, this, this and this happened. And Keith's just like, mind your business. Sure. He said something really weird, which, and it, the whole metaphor, it just, was, it needs work, this line. He goes, you know, I walk, I walk the white line. Uh, you, you mind He's got your... a lisp. Huh? He's got a lisp. What was he trying to say? The right line. No, no, no. <laughs> I walk on the white line. Oh, okay. Like, I, I'm a straight shooter. Sure. I, I walk mm. on the, the mm. white line. I mind my own business and I expect everyone to mind their own business. All right, Johnny Cash. To which... Roddy Roddy replies, white line's in the middle of the road. That's the most dangerous place to drive. But he didn't say he drove in the white line. He said he walked on it. So Yes. Yeah. Also, if you say to me, I walk the white line, I'm going to assume you're a cocaine fan. Ah, 
You know what I mean? I suppose so, because here we've got dotted lines in the middle of the road. Well, there's that as well. But in the States, it's a solid line, I think. Is it? So he's watching um, Meatloaf loading some co- some boxes into the back of his car with binoculars, even though he's across the street. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, it's like the street's also lone, like two lanes wide, and the guy's like, oh, I can see you. It's, yeah. <laughs> watching me with those binoculars. Yeah, you can, like, he's sitting in plain view, watching all yeah. this. Like, what are you doing? Why do you need binoculars? Sure. He, like, tries to, like, hijack the Hubble telescope just to watch what's happening across the street uh, from him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And he's... Th- Heavenly bodies. It cut to... It's now night time and he's still sat there watching with binoculars. No wonder the guy's not got a job. Do you think someone's put some like boot polish on the eyepieces as well? <laughs> so he's just not taking the, the binoculars down. Somebody glued them. Oh, wow. <laughs> Shit, that would be horrifying. Like, go to work instead of spying on a church. Go dig another hole. Yeah. The hole's yeah. not going to dig itself. It's not. No. I bet he wished he'd gone to work because the police chopper's back. And this time there's a sniper. It's personal. <laughs> and this time it's personal. Sure. You're not wrong because there's a sniper hanging out of it. What? Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. And everybody goes, uh, I'm going to leave. <laughs> so people start running away and police, police cars turn up and riot police turn up and bulldozers turn up and the church gets seized and there's just flares everywhere not the trousers the the lady up things you know me too well i do <laughs> i just saw the glee in your face like oh that has two meanings <laughs> we know how to do yeah, yeah well by it we mean bulldozer shanty time oh all these people are just trying to be homeless in peace yeah, home homeless i know and Double the, homeless. the bulldozers just trample the entire shanty town and everybody scatters everybody's running away Except Roddy, who just seems a bit baffled. It's almost about to make a very political point about certain things in the Middle East, but I'll let that one slide. <laughs> Come on, David, trying to keep it light. <laughs> Roddy's just watching all this happen, and he's a bit baffled. And to be honest, so am I, because I'm like, why? <laughs> he's like, why are they all so big? <laughs> You've still got the binoculars ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're right here. Oh, no, wait, they're far away. Oh, they're right yeah. here. <laughs> so... Uh, the, the whole shanty town gets destroyed and the oh. people are just scattered hither and thither. Apparently, um, Rowdy Roddy was very upset by this scene because he's seen that happen sure. in yeah. LA. Mm. And it's it's quite it was quite heartbreaking for him to watch, yeah. he said. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What few possessions and stuff you have gets wrecked. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the riot police are all coming at them with the shield. Uh, yeah, shield and, charge. Yeah, it's horrible. And... Mm. He comes around the corner and there's a little sort of a little parking bay for two pe- two cars sort of thing. Uh-huh. And they've cornered the hacker and the preacher, both of whom are like old men. And the police just beat them to death, basically, oh, with, with their um, truncheons. Yeah. I don't know what they're called in America. K-bars. Them there. Mm. Beat them to death. It's brutal. Like, it's quite hard to watch. Sure. There's like 20 riot police and two old men, one of whom's black. So, welcome to L.A., yeah (laughs) yeah yeah unbelievable and roddy goes "Mm, i'm just gonna maybe i should call the police oh Oh. (laughs) yeah so he sees this and thinks it's not really much i can do about that well they're they're dead so then hiding behind the bins he sees this young chap from whom he borrowed the binoculars yes and he's like haha him i can save 
So he grabs the kid and tries to run away and they, they get away from the police and they slip into somebody's house and he sees a man with his daughter and he like pushes the kid towards the man with the daughter and and then he goes over to the window to like peep through the... Cause the Check wind, they're not being followed. The window's sort of wooden... Slatted up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then he leans pensively against the window and looks out and looks suitably moved by the Did whole thing. Did he just corner the window? He cornered the window. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> and the window went, so good. <laughs> no one's going to have a clue. <laughs> if any of your anime fans, you will know what cornering is. Sure. Yeah. And women don't react the way they do in anime. It's nothing to do with them. racing cars. Yeah, you would think, wouldn't you? But no, don't, don't, don't do that. Um, <laughs> so uh, that happens. Uh-huh. It's horrible. It's the next morning and people are back at the shanty time just trying to... Rummaging through the wreckage. Ru- yeah, just trying to pick through their meagre belongings yeah. and try and piece together yeah. what semblance of a life they had. The TV survived, amazingly. How convenient. And on it is a bunch of women on a catwalk doing a fashion show and they keep going and they're saying stuff like, Glitter was so last year. This year is all about divine excess. Dripping with sequins? I don't know. Why would beef fat go with sequins? <gasps> mm, beef fat goes with everything. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm not yeah. eating sequins, though. Mm. Ugh, get that sequins out of my beef fat. <laughs> get spoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, you can see the contrast there yes. between like these idiots, like dripping excess or whatever it was. Divine excess. Yeah. Oh, I've got dripping on the mind now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want some chips. <laughs> ooh, right? nice. Yeah. Um, and these people are just sort of like picking their lives together. I don't, I, I don't know why they don't just kick the television in. Because I would the, It's got the subliminals. I suppose. Um, Roddy then is determined to figure out what the hell just happened. He goes over to the church and he goes back to the secret panel. Yes. And he lifts out one of the cardboard boxes that are hidden in there. And then he, he slips off into the alley. Uh-huh. furtively uh-huh. with this box uh-huh. thinking it's going to be I don't know cocaine or something I don't mm. know he sneaks into an alleyway that sort of widens there's a few parking bays and uh, he opens the box there's a lot of emoting going on a lot of great facial expressions very Marcel Marceau where uh-huh. he's, he's, he's like I've got a box I will look around furtively and then I will open the box like a squirrel putting yeah. an acorn into the ground very like a squirrel yes and he opens the box Guess what's in the box? Hazelnuts. <laughs> Hazelnuts. <laughs> Acorns. <laughs> yeah. No. Sunglasses. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's like, what the shit? Because there were boxes of sunglasses yeah. everywhere else. Why hide these sunglasses? I know. So the, all that's emoted in his face. Yes. Where he's like, sunglasses? The fuck? Right? Ray-Bans. They weren't Ray-Bans, oh. unfortunately. Mm. I feel the They need. got banned. Ha! <laughs> By Ray. <laughs> By Ray. Yet another of Ray's bands. So he he keeps one of the pairs of sunglasses just to be like, well, maybe they're magic or something. I don't know. Maybe they're magic. Maybe they'll stop the sun from getting to my eyes. Yeah, maybe they will block wow. UVA and B rays. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. I don't think dream. you had that in the 80s. One can dream. Yeah. Um, and he hides the box 
in some rubbish. So there's a bunch of other sunglasses in this box. It's a big box of sunglasses. Right, okay. Don't so he took scuffed. one pair. He took one pair. Okay. Because only a lunatic would run around the street with a box of sunglasses. Um, and he hid the rest in a bin in the alley. That's risky. It is risky. Isn't it? I was thinking that at the time. Why put it in a bin? I'm like, dude, you know bins get emptied, right? What's his other job? Taking holes, combine the two. Pirate? Yes. Because he suppose. digs holes and hides things. Well, yeah, but he could hide. He could put. He could just wrap the box in some plastic and oh, then yeah. bury it in the hole he dug. In the hole he dug, as long as they don't fill it on top with yes, concrete. Yes, but they're putting a house on top of it. Yeah, but he's got the tools to dig another hole somewhere else. I don't think he had a jackhammer in his backpack. Not all of LA's concrete. A large proportion of it is. It's about to be concrete when they build a house on no, top of the f- yeah, of the hole. But he he's built. got to- tools to dig a hole in the shanty town. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he could have just dug a hole in the shanty town, yeah. couldn't he? Yeah, or that guy's garden is like, hey, dude with the blinds, sorry about your garden, but I need to hide some sunglasses, is that cool? The church garden. Uh, it's called Graveyard, Cathy. <laughs> well, you can't do that. This isn't a video game. You can't just dig up people's graves expecting to find a secret door or something. <laughs> yeah, that's what the police told me. <laughs> Stop that. We won't tell yeah. you again. The Lion, the Witch and the Coffin was a completely different book. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, nice one. Um, so he hides it in a in a bin and he keeps a pair. Mm. Now. So he keeps a pair and he starts wandering up the main street and he, he puts them on and he's looking at the street and the street's black and white because they're shit sunglasses. Sure, okay. And he takes them off and he's looking at them like, what is this? It reminded me of, um, have you ever had a hamster? No. I, I, I've, I've had friends who've had hamsters. So if you move a hamster's food dish, it just loses its mind. And it just walks away and comes back expecting its food dish sure. to be there. Sure, yes, they, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Roddy, at this point, is acting very much like a hamster. He's had his food dish moved. His, feet, his cheeks are full. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank goodness, since his food dish has moved. Yeah. Then he, so he puts them on, just black and white. Takes them back off. It's just like Frodo when he puts the ring on. Well, he vanished when he put the ring on. Yeah, but when he vanished, he started seeing stuff in black and white. He did, but Roddy doesn't vanish when he puts sunglasses on. No. If you want to be in the... I know. If you want to be in a major city and you want to vanish, put on one of those vests that says Greenpeace on it. That's the only way... (laughs) Charity muggers. You can be invisible in the street. Yeah. Yes, or a high-vis jacket, ironically. Oh, that is ironic. I like that. Yeah. Nice. Well. So he put on the glasses and nothing happened. Yeah. He puts them back on and looks up. Everything is different. Everything is different. He looks at an advert for a computer system, Uh like Amstrad or something. Uh Puts the glasses on and suddenly the advert's gone obey. and it just says, obey. Yeah. Right? And he takes them off again. Like, what? And he looks over here and it's a woman reclining in a bikini on the beach. Uh-huh. And it says, come to the Caribbean. And then he puts the glasses on and it says, marry and reproduce. Sorry, I thought that was her name. No, Marion. <laughs> Marry. That's very specific. Get married. Yes. And uh-huh. reproduce. Yes. He looks at a clothes shop sign and it says consume. And why would you eat clothes? Delicious. <laughs> and mm. no independent thought. 
and he looks at the whole street. There's a shot of the whole uh, street, nice. and it's like Blade Runner with subliminal messages on every single advert. It's crazy. And it says things like, buy, stay asleep, conform, watch TV. It gets to a magazine stand and all the magazines have something like this written on them. No imagination, obey, do not yeah. question authority, yeah. the whole shebang, it's so madness. In like, I think it was probably the early 90s, there was this game called Syndicate mm. and Syndicate Wars. And um, there's this bit where this guy's walking down the street and everything's lovely and it's like a paradise and all this kind of other stuff. And then he suddenly gets this really bad headache and kind of clutches the back of his neck. And then like in the dude's vision, it says something along the line of um, uh, Eden process of failing. And then he kind of opens his eyes again and it's like a dystopian um, oh, no. future with like Blade Runner and all this yeah. kind of other stuff. And he just sees everything and he and and it flickers back between like Eden and reality. Mm -hmm. And he's looking at this police officer, like a nice kind of English Bobby going, Oh, how's it how's your day, sir? And then it kind of flashes back into reality and the police officer's like wearing body armor and massive helmet and stuff oh, like that, wow. saying, Move along, sir, move yeah, along, yeah, yeah. sir. And then the police officer gets shot. Um and then it kind of pans around and you just see these mercenaries rocking up <gasps> the street. And um they're from the company that oh. makes the Eden chip and his one's malfunction, so yes. they have to get rid of him. Oh no! It's, I like, I'll show you the YouTube video of it. It's a classic, uh, like 1980s, 1990s, like um, video game introduction. It's fantastic. Wow. It's very clever, but it's in the same kind of vein. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably inspired from this Quite because <clears throat> several video games were. There was some other computer game that I've forgotten the name of, but it was mm. inspired by this as well. Mm, mm. So, yeah, well, so that... Well, you've already said Duke Nukem, so that's one. Yeah, so that's what's going on, basically, mm. what you just described. But here's the mad bit, yeah? While he's looking at the magazines, he looks up and uh, and sees this classic yuppie, like Wall Street yuppie, mm. with the grey peppered hair and the business suit and the bad attitude. And he puts the glasses... And a massive cell phone, because it's the 80s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a wheelbarrow yeah. behind yeah, it yeah, with yeah, the battery, the battery in it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. He looks at the yuppie with the glasses mm. and he he's an alien. Ah. Yeah. He looks like a sort of decayed lizardy zombie with big bulging eyes and like Freddy Krueger, like burnt skin looking. Visiting royalty. And his nose. Funny you should say that. Oh. Funny you should say that. Okay. His nose is like burnt off uh -huh. sort of thing. And he, the guy's like, hey, what's your problem? Right? And gets back in his limo or whatever and buggers off. And Who's off? <laughs> this uh, classic joke. And uh, the guy who runs the magazine stalked. Roddy's just standing there with the magazine in his hand, just going, what the? Yeah. The guy comes over holding the cash. And when he puts the glasses on, the cash is just pieces of paper with, this is your God, written Clever. on it. And he takes it off and it's like dollar bills, puts them back on again. And this is what he sees. And he's just absolutely stunned. And he's just sort of staggering up the street, like completely like what the hell's going on. He walks past a stop sign. And when he puts the glasses on, he can see that there's a tannoy on the top of the stop sign. Propaganda tower. And it's just going sleep, sleep, sleep. Sure. And then I didn't watch the rest of the film because oh. I fell asleep. <laughs> it was John Carpenter that was doing the voice for that, actually. Oh, the sleep, sleep, sleep yeah, thing. Yeah. Now, obviously there are lizard people uh, in this film who've 
obviously infiltrated Earth and are subliminally influencing people. This yes. is what we've learned thus far. I would like to take a moment <clears throat> before we go any further to explain why John Carpenter chose to do this. Because, for, well, for a couple of reasons. One, this film is one of David Icke's favourite films. If you're unfamiliar with David Icke... He, he just got banned from Twitter. Did he? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I think that's right, anyway. Oh, don't ban David Icke from Twitter. He's fun. Anyway, he was a sports pundit, an English sports pundit. Uh-huh. Something like that, yeah. Who, in the 80s, decided that he was the Messiah mm. and wouldn't start wearing blue shell suits. That was his thing. He wasn't the Messiah. He was a very naughty boy. He was. <laughs> <laughs> then, after that stunt, he then started trying to convince everybody, as you well know, David, mm. that there was a secret cabal of shape-shifting interdimensional lizard creatures who were paedophiles who drank children's blood. Yes. One of whom, famously, is the Queen. Well, I think it wasn't just the Queen. I think it was the entire royal family, wasn't it? Was well, the implication. Well, one of whom is the Queen. Sure. And mm. the rest of... And by extension, basically anyone with any sort of power or wealth is one of David Icke's lizard elite. Yes. Right? And the Anti-Defamation anti League got onto this and they were like, you know when he says lizard elite, he means Jews. And people went, oh, really? And they went to David Icke and they said, when you say lizard elite, do you mean Jews? And he went, no, 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 I genuinely believe they're interdimensional shape-shifting lizards. And they, and they went back to the Anti-Defamation League yeah. and went, no, he's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks they're lizards. And they were like, no, 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 he means Jews. Because he couldn't possibly believe that they're interdimensional paedophile lizards controlling the world that's insane <laughs> well i mean if you kind of think about that's a belief and so many other things are also beliefs absolutely yeah and he has absolutely no evidence to suggest that the queen is a lizard i can't think of any other possible things that might also be just beliefs and not actually backable by any fine effect I think one of the things you might be referencing is uh, um, supported by a member of the royal family. Yes. <laughs> Such as a particular aqueous cure for things. <laughs> mm, yeah. That doesn't uh, do anything. But, and of course, obviously you're talking about larger institutions. Well, unfortunately for John Carpenter, neo-Nazis and the like Sure. Didn't take David Icke's side in this and didn't take John Carpenter's side in this and they decided that this whole film is about how secretly Jews are running the world. Haters gonna hate. Well, yeah. So, I would just like to point out at this film, that this, this point in the film, that when John Carpenter found out that neo-Nazis had co-opted his film and were using it as propaganda to say this is what the Jews are doing, he came out uh, very publicly to say this film is about the yuppie movement and unrestrained capitalism and Reaganomics in the 80s. That's so what this film is about. It's about unrestrained capitalism. What about Invaders of the Body Snatchers? Was that also co-opted by other I people? I don't think so. But it's the same kind of thing. Well, no, because in this... 
only rich, successful, powerful people oh. are the lizard elite. Okay. Right? The weird alien things. Sure. So there's just a complete split in society. The middle class is disappearing and more and more poor people are... Yeah, I mean, that does actually appear to be happening at the moment. Well, that's why I picked this yeah, film. Yeah, that's a good point. But it's, and it's because, in this instance, it's because of these, the lizard elite. But what yeah. John Carpenter was saying it was because of was. The 1%. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. Except at this point, they're like the 50%. <laughs> yeah. They're just taken over. And John Carpenter said that he, he sat down and started watching the TV one day and he said everything felt like an advert. Mm, sure. Everything he watched felt like an advert. Yep, yep. And uh, he was just so angry and put off by the whole uh, 80s Wall Street Reaganomics thing. And um, trickle-down economics? What yeah. do you understand by the term trickle-down economics? It's getting pissed on by the person above you. <laughs> That's exactly it, yeah. The warm trickle. <laughs> well, you're warm now, aren't you? Yeah. It's um, my understanding of trickle down economics is that if you the theory is if you don't tax the rich and businesses and stuff, they will then be able to stimulate the economy and that stimulation of the economy will trickle down to the unwashed masses at some point. Doesn't. And somehow benefit. There's a lot of proof that it doesn't happen. Of course not. Why would it? By stimulating the economy, you mean putting all your money in the Cayman Islands and buying houses in London and yeah. not contributing to your economy. Yeah, and avoiding all. avoiding as much tax as yes. is possible by yeah. the use of crooked, shady lawyers. Yeah, even the tax you should pay, you're not paying it. And yeah. then you go and live in Monaco. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you can see why John Carpenter is annoyed. Yeah. Enough to make the film in the first place, and then doubly annoyed when these Nazis come out and start going, "Oh, this film's brilliant!" It's, yeah, it's, it's like an artist painting something and knowing why they painted it, and then someone else saying, "No, that's not what you meant. What yes. you meant was this." It's like, no, yeah, I painted this. Yeah. So weirdly, David Icke and John Carpenter are in the the same position where they're both saying, "No, I'm complaining about the lizard elite or Reaganomics." Yes. And people are going, no, you're complaining about Jews. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're fucking not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No problem. Yeah. One's an artist and one's insane. <laughs> one Potentially. Is, one is an yeah. artist, the yeah. other's insane. <laughs> we talked about this the other day, weren't we? Yeah, Pinky in the Brain. Yeah. That's what I'm going to refer to John Carpenter and David Icke now. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to stop there and make it clear that when John Carpenter, much like David Icke, says lizards controlling the world, he genuinely means lizards. He doesn't mean Jewish people. Sure. Right? Yeah. And when you say genuinely, he means by an act, he actually means like Reaganomics. Yeah. Reagan. Yeah. Whereas the other guy was actually, yeah, no lizards. He genuinely means yeah. inter interdimensional shape-shifting yeah. pedophile blood-drinking lizards. Anyway, back to it. Roddy's baffled. Mm. As you would be. Yes. And... It can't just be the glasses having a, a trick, playing tricks on his mind because some people are still people and some people are the lizard elite. Yes. And he notices that people at sort of his level of socioeconomic... Are all human. Are human mm. and feckin' miserable looking. And all the rich people who are giggling and laughing are the lizard elite. 
Sure. Right. This is key. And he, he sees some pampered ladies, in inverted commas, in a beauty parlour. And they're all like, oh, yes, and George said this. Lizards. Yes. And he sees a woman in the street. And she's putting all of her shopping in the back of her car. And she's got two miserable looking maids with her here, both human. And she's just going, and I just said to her, you know, you just have to go on holiday for the good of your health at this point. <laughs> Lizard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he sort of staggers into a grocery store and it's just full of the lizard elite. All the employees are human, sure. of course. And he, it's quite interesting. So he goes around the aisles going like, what is going on? And he sees this business dude with business mind. And he's complaining. He's going like, oh, I just don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I'm just, I'm just not never getting promoted. It's just not fair. I'm never going to get the big, my big break. And his mate is a lizard elite. And his mate's going, don't worry, buddy. It'll happen for you. And he's like, easy for you to say. You already got the big promotion. Sure. Of course he got the promotion. Nepotism. It is nepotism. Lizardism. It is. It's um, herpesism. Ew, but yes. <laughs> herpesism. Isn't it? What do you call lizards? Herp. Someone who studied lizard is a herpetologist. There you go. Well, anyway, so he's he's staring around him, is Roddy, and he's all, mm, "What the hell's happening?" Yeah. And some horrible woman just bumps his shoulder, just shoulder barges him. Oh, yeah, people who do that. Get yes. Some manners. Yes. Arsehole. Yes. Um, and she she turns he he's like hey watch it or something like that and he turns around he's got the glasses on and he sees her and he's just like <laughs> yeah uh-huh. and he goes he was like lady you look like you fell you fell in a barrel of cheese dip about 20 years ago or something like that a very specific insult that i have a lot of trouble visualizing sure but then he clarifies because he points at the woman behind the counter and he's like i mean you you're okay but her she's real fucking ugly <laughs> Sure. So, um, the, at first the lizard lady is kind of stunned, and then she starts to twig like, "Oh, he can tell that I'm." Yes. So she gets her watch. She's got an eye watch. I mean, this film was made before Apple Watch, yeah, so uh-huh. it, it sort of loses the magic somewhat. But anyway, she lifts her watch and she goes, "I've got one that can see." Sure. Yeah. Big trouble now. Yeah. And he, he looks around and all the lizard elite are watching him and moving towards him and they're all talking into their watch. They're all going like, 6-4, Caucasian. 6-7. <laughs> what? Yeah, sector 7 aisle 3. Oh, next pretty to, much, yeah. Next to the peanuts. Clean up. <laughs> uh, clean up on aisle 5. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Oh, no. And uh, Roddy assesses the situation and he goes, I don't like this one bit. Yes. <laughs> and he leaves... And he sees... I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> walks out. Yeah. And he sees this woman like primping in the reflection. And, uh-huh. she, and she's a lizard elite. And he goes to her, lady, that's like pouring perfume on a pig. Nice. <laughs> she's like, well, I never. How very dare you. Um, so some cops turn up because they've been summoned by... Are they lizard cops? They're lizard elite. Right. All of the cops are lizard elite. No, that's a funny thing. <sighs> so... These two are lizard, because they were summoned by the watch, the so watch. presumably they... Ha! Huh, the watch. The, who watches the watchman? Mm. Roddy does. Yes. So they, they turn up, and they like shove him into an alley, and they're like, hey, where'd you get those glasses? And Roddy says, the tooth fairy. Uh, 
and the guys. Did he not see what happened to the last person who, like, you know, sassed the cops? Got beaten to death in a car park. Oh, Roddy don't care. Because Roddy's a wrestler. I know, he's, he's ripped. He's Roddy Roddy. <laughs> he's ripped, yeah. <laughs> he's, okay. He is ripped, yeah. He's, he's, um, he's hench, I believe. Hench, that's, yes. That's the term. Not... It is now, I know, right? Yes, check me out, no one thinks. Um, so it, the, the, the cop says to him, you know, you look as shitty to us as we do to you. And Roddy goes, impossible. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right? Burn. burn. However, I mean, they are trying to rationalise with him. They, well, see, they're trying to, and they're saying stuff like, you stumbled onto something that you don't understand. You're your grave pay grade. So, Pretty much, yeah. I don't yeah. get paid. <laughs> well, you're, you're yeah. right, right enough. He has no pay grade. He's homeless, for Christ's sake. He's dug a hole for no reason. Yeah, well, he gets paid on Thursday. It's all right. Ah, uh, okay. Mm. Okay, fair enough. So he's saying the cops saying all this stuff to him like there's obviously just been a, a misunderstanding you could do very well if you told us where you got those sunglasses that sort of thing and then he says let's go someplace quiet and talk this over you know trying with to... candles and some wine and some chocolates some roses you know <laughs> incense like... yeah and the words of bruce campbell baby you got real ugly <laughs> <laughs> not having it so Roddy, I've never seen anyone do this from a standing start. It was amazing. He clotheslined him. Oh yeah, Thump. yeah, yeah. Mm. But while he was, he was, he, he didn't run and he right turn clided him almost, but he, with yeah. his arm rather than with his fist in the throat and just yeah. poof knocked. Well, lizards him out. are well known to have weak, um, weak necks. <laughs> sure. Well, we find that out the easy way, I guess. Yeah. He just knocks and then just knocks the other one out. Pop. Right. <laughs> Takes his gun. And the one he knocked See, that's by... a good thing in a film, when people don't just run away and leave the person with the gun. Yeah. So I was watching this bit in... Um, I, I just started watching The Man in High Castle. Oh, yeah. There's nothing else to do. Mm. Lockdown. And um, there's this bit where they... I'm not going to spoil it, but I mean, it's in like the third episode. So if you're watching it, you've probably already got past this anyway. So they, this this guy's just about to shoot this woman. And this this she gets rescued by, you know, of classic... Course. Classic man comes in, rescues, damsel oh, yes. in distress. So knocks the guy to the floor. They know that this person is out to kill both of them. Mm. And then they go, we we got to leave, we got to leave. And it's like, you just knock this guy to the floor. Just keep using that fire extinguisher to either knock him unconscious and take the gun off him and yeah. maybe tie him up or just finish the job. Yeah. I mean, this is Nazi America. Mm. So, you know, no holds barred to a certain extent. Absolutely. And um, it's just like... Then the guy gets gets back up again, picks his gun up and goes after them. He's like, what are you doing? This is not good script writing. This is how they won. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, as long as there is a logical reason why you can't, like, I don't know, let's just say finish the job or get oh, away safely. I know why. I know what happened. It's because their older brother told them when they were a child, never point a gun at a man unless you intend to shit him. He wasn't using a gun. He was using like a fire extinguisher. Yeah, but don't take the gun off the other guy unless you intend to point it at someone. He extrapolated oh, sure. back. <laughs> uh, fine, whatever. Like, well, I haven't been given it's any sort of It's super frustrating when safety. when you see it people is. do stuff like that. It is. It is incredibly. There's a. There's an. There's so many films that I just sit through the entire thing going, "Why would you do that?" But the, one of the other. They, one of the other cool things is like in the sci-fi films, like for example, um, the Dread film. Mm. Do you remember that where the guy grabs the person's gun? And it's like, oh, that's logical. And then it pulls the trigger and then it's got a thing saying fingerprint not recognized. And then it like blows the guy's hand off. Nice. But it's just like, it follows a logic. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that, okay, ran over. A good use of 
the the tools available to you in this combative yeah. scene. Yeah. 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 Mm. Meanwhile, you know. It, Meanwhile, you know, there's there's a killer in your house and you have the option of running out the front door into the street or running up the stairs and hiding in your wardrobe. Yeah, and there's only one staircase down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, yeah. you're it's not like you can jump out the window when you're up there. Yeah. There's just concrete everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Idiot. Mm. What are you doing? Don't run upstairs. Don't assume they're dead. Don't, like, just stick a knitting needle in their neck and then just assume they're dead from that. I wouldn't die from that. Yeah. Also, maybe not. Yeah. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go too far with it, like getting a hacksaw out, because the Dude. police are not going to believe you. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I think that's bordering on excessive use of force. Yeah. Like you've yeah, decorated yeah. your house with their yeah. entrails. <laughs> oh, but you could just get a nail gun and nail all their clothes to the floor so they can't get up. Oh. You would oh. damage your floor though. I don't want Michael Myers chasing after me naked. That just adds yeah. to the. <laughs> but the thing is, he's not going to be able to get up because essentially, if you're pinned down. With all your clothes. How are you going to, like, forcefully rip the... He survived being decapitated. I think yeah. he's going to be able to wiggle his way out of a boiler suit. Okay, super glue him to the floor, then. What, his skin? Yeah. Ooh. Surgical glue. Ow. <laughs> Imagine be... the noise of him getting up. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. Or he just, like, Ow. to pop after you with linoleum stuck to his back. Oh, yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, he's just trying to... <laughs> Slowly hop out of a thing with the whole floor on his back. Yeah, yeah. So he, he clotheslines one's his clothes lines. Jesus. He, no, he doesn't. Damn, son. <laughs> he clotheslines one cop, knocks out the other, yes. gets the first cop's gun just in time because the other cop woke up and he shoots him. Okay. As in Roddy shoots the cop. Yeah. And then he's like, ha. His exact words were, Ha, you bastards die just like we do. And while he's gloating, the other cop woke up, the one he closed mind. But that's the one he took the gun off. Yes, and he just whips around and shoots him too. And then, bonus points, he steals the shotgun out of their car. <laughs> nice. Apparently the locks on those are terrible. Well, apparently so, because Roddy was just able to just yeah. lift it out of the car. But more cops turn up. Anyway, he runs away. He's got his sunglasses on. He's still a bit like, the hell's going on? He's a hobo with a shotgun. He is a hobo with a shotgun. Very nice. Yeah. He takes the shotgun into a bank. <laughs> I'd like to make a deposit. Mm. <laughs> I mean a withdrawal. <laughs> I'm going to withdraw some lizard delete from this mortal coil. Oh, wow. Okay. No, he doesn't say that. Oh. That'd be pretty cool. What he does say, though, has lived in infamy is one of the most famous lines from a film and okay. computer game okay. of all time, where he goes in. With the shotgun, people see him and they're like, are you robbing the place? You don't seem to have an ambition My name here? isn't Robin Banks. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get rich quick? Yeah. But of course, the bank is full of lizard elite. Because they got money, yeah. Of course. Mm. And he announces to the assembled crowd, I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. And then just takes out all the lizard elite in the bank and wow. leaves all the humans. Sure. Now, that line, Roddy Roddy came up with that line. Huh. He had a little book where when he came up with good one-liners, he would write it down ah. in the little book because he was a wrestler. He needed good one-liners. Sure. Um, so he, and John Carpenter really liked this one. Okay, so he okay. said, I came here to chew sure. bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. So on one mode at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Kicking ass. Yep. I mean, sure. Of course, 
the lizard elite that don't get shot. He points the gun at one of them because the, the, he's standing on his Apple Watch again and he's going, there's, uh, you know, he's, in the, he's in the bank and he's tall and he's Caucasian and he's doing this, that and the other. Like it down in California. <laughs> oh, oh, there's a blonde guy with a tan and he's buff. Oh, hmm. yeah. Are yeah. you, are you, he's on a surfboard. I yeah. don't know how he's working it, but. <laughs> yeah. With a shotgun. Mm. Um, so instead of just shooting him, Roddy says, Mama don't like tattletales and takes aim. But the 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 lizard elite like pew, 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 disappears. Wow. No, I have an Apple Watch. It doesn't do that. Yet. Yeah, it just crashes. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually quite reliable. Uh, but I do long for the day where I'm like, Ooh, okay, that's another day done. Beep. Pew, and you're pew, home. And I'm No, you're in, in five my... guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, oh, it happened again. Yeah, oh, so yeah. about while I'm here, though, like I might yeah. as well. Um, and there's a little flying saucer camera that chases him in Indian Alley, and he shoots the flying saucer as well. And a whole load of uh, sherbet falls out of it. Oh, flying saucer! Yes. Yeah. Ugh, I hated those. They were weird polystyrene, which had nice stuff on the inside. A police officer runs up to him, who's a human, mm. and he's like, "Freeze!" And Roddy's like, mm, "I have a shotgun, so your move." <laughs> I assume this cop's got a gun because it is the United States. It's a handgun, though, versus a shotgun. Eh, depends on the distance. Roddy has just shot a whole load of people in a bank. So yes. I'm surprised the police officer hasn't already shot him. Yeah, right enough. Well, they're trying to paint the picture that humans are, A... Less trigger-happy than Less trigger-happy and uh, also maybe a bit gormless and suggestible and weak. Sure, Okay. So Roddy's like, no, I have a shotgun. And he goes, okay. <laughs> uh, and he goes, beat your feet. And the cop goes, okay. And just sets his gun on the ground and runs away. Sure, yeah, Which yeah. Which is what I would do in any given situation. <laughs> That's sure. my go-to. After yeah. taking the wallet. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, we're going to stop it there for part one of Why Did You Watch? Join us next time for part two. Why did you watch it?